0: Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. All right, well, good morning once again, Lifehouse family. Can you actually stand up with me? We're going to actually pray and we are going to prepare ourselves to hear God's word today and um, yes yeah, so we're going to see a prayer on the screen behind us and i'm just going to simply ask you would you just right now lift up hands and we're going to pray this prayer together and cuz it's not just about me sharing thoughts we we want to hear God we are here we're gathered here the spirit is here moving and speaking and we just we want you know, I know there's a lot going on. I know you come in here, a lot of weights, burdens and distractions, but we, we, we see this time as sacred holy time that we get to hear from God, and that's our prayer. So we just want to prepare ourselves. So um, yeah, like I said, we have a prayer on the, on the screen behind us. if we would just lift up hands and then we're, we're going to pray this prayer together, I'm going to start off, and would you join in with me? All right? Father, as we hear the preaching of your word, may our minds be focused and attentive. May our hearts be open, receptive, and hungry, and may our spirits be listening and discerning. We are here to hear from you, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Give someone a high five, and you can have a seat. We're diving in. We are continuing our our series today, Jesus and, where we are looking at the life of Jesus Jesus, because I don't know about you, the church can do a great job of getting their eyes off of Jesus. <laughs> the church has a PhD in focusing on what isn't primary, right? Have you ever heard this said in business? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, right? The main thing, and I'm not stuttering, the main thing is keep the main thing the main thing, Right? Right is like we and and the main thing in Christianity is not shocking. The main thing is Jesus. He is our Lord, our Savior, and our example. And 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 really, each week I'm going to cover this because here's the thing. 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 Right. Love, you know, some of us like to see Jesus as our Savior. He died on the cross in our place and for our sins, rose and defeated Satan's sin. And death, and we like that part of Jesus that he saves us from an eternity apart from him. We, you know, some of us can kind of somewhat more struggle with the fact that Jesus is Lord, meaning he just doesn't want to have a part of your life, he wants the whole thing. He just doesn't want a couple things, he just doesn't want to rule over parts of your life. He wants to be Lord of all. I've heard it said that if he is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Okay? He wants all of you. But also, he's just not Savior, he's not just Lord, but Jesus is ultimately our example. And that is what, as we're diving into this series, that we, we are focusing on, because here's the thing, Jesus was technically the first disciple of his father. He followed his father's will. You can read throughout the Gospels, you can read how, you know, Jesus said, I only do what my father tells me to do. I say what my father tells me to say. I go where my father wants me to go. He was following the will of his father. And then when Jesus was calling followers, he said, follow me. So as he followed his father, we are called to follow Jesus. And that is why we're saying, let's look at the life of Jesus and see how Jesus dealt with certain things. See what, see what principles Jesus lived by so we can then do as we're called to do and be followers of him. Last week we talked about Jesus in the wilderness and just about how Jesus dealt with wilderness seasons. And that just resonated with so many of, of you. Heard so much good feed feedback there. But one of the things that I pointed out last week is that when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him, when Jesus was presented with a temptation, Jesus responded with Scripture. Jesus responded with, it is written. And he actually quoted the book of Deuteronomy three times. Where you can see Jesus' ingrained response to when he was tempted was not the cool rabbis of his day, was not something that one of the, you know, kind of the big speakers of his day were. He responded back with God's word. And you can even see in Jesus' ministry, scholars say that one-tenth of the recorded words in the New Testament that Jesus spoke, one-tenth of them was quoting Scripture. Or referencing scripture. You can even see at 12 years old when Jesus, like, this is what I love. Jesus got separated from his mom and dad. How do you lose Jesus as a parent, right? Like, this is like, this is you're talking about losing something important. Like they lost Jesus, they could not find him. And, and when his parents were trying to find him, where was Jesus? In the temple. It, it, it says, Luke 242, 46 through 47, it says, After three days they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. From a very young age, Jesus learned Scripture. He was wrestling with Scripture. He was devoted to Scripture he was he 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 centered his life but but the thing is even if you look in the Jewish culture and especially rabbis because Jesus was actually a Jewish rabbi a Jewish teacher rabbis had actually trained to the point where they could actually quote by memory everyone say memory genesis through malachi memorized You can look it up, rab, rab, rabbis were so ingrained, they built their life on, studied, wrestled with, debated, taught the scripture. And so you can see throughout Jesus' life, even what Jesus quoted when he began his ministry, he quoted the book of Isaiah. Even in Jesus' teachings, you can see he mentioned the creation of Adam and the creation of Eve. He quoted about Noah's day. He talked about Abraham. He talked about Moses and the burning bush. He talked about King David. He talked about Solomon. He talked about Elijah. He talked about Daniel. He talked about Jonah. And I mean, even as you can see here, while he was teaching, he wasn't just teaching on his own accord. He was teaching based off of Scripture. And even some of the scriptures that we struggle with the most, to kind of like, did that really happen like Jonah? He mentions specifically the story of Jonah being in the fish for three days. He mentions the fact that Adam and Eve were created. He mentions the fact that Moses split this. Like, here's the thing. So, so it's, it's we have to interpret all of scripture through Jesus. If Jesus teaches it, if Jesus talks about it, it's validated. But the bigger point here is that Jesus learned, submitted to, obeyed, quoted, and taught Scripture. Even when Jesus rose from the dead, and he had people looking for him, and he found two people on the road to Emmaus that were kind of confused about what was going on, Jesus saw them, and then it says he literally gave them a Bible study where, where he showed where he was in kind of his story, his place in the writings of the Torah and the prophets. He said, let me tell you how all of this actually points to me. And here, here's this kind of like, I mean, just, I mean, that is just a snippet. I ain't got much more time to just give you a snippet about how much of Jesus' life was centered on, built on, devoted to, learning, basing his teachings off of Scripture. And here is the truth. Jesus' followers are called then to learn, obey, quote, and share the truth of Scripture. This was Jesus. We follow Jesus. This is what Jesus built his life on. Now, with saying this, my heart is for our church to love this book. You talk about in a world that's gone crazy? Truth is shifting left to right? Scripture says the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. My heart, if we are going to be planted solid... As Christ's church, as Christ's bride, as his people, we are called to love, devote ourselves to, understand, grasp, receive my, this book. And my heart is for our church to love this book. Now, even me saying that, I want to maybe get into some of maybe how y'all are feeling right now, because I might feel like there might be a little guilt. Because one of the things that I've observed in the church is those that have been in church and those that follow Jesus, it's not that they don't know how important this book should be in their life. It's it's and one of the things that Kristen and I ask. So if you're going to be kind of kind of an official member of our church, we have you complete Life Track and Life Track. Like I said, we're actually doing it after second service today. But Life Track, the whole purpose of Life Track is, is to gain what our heart is for you like like what we hope God because it's like you can be a part of a church but we want to be a very intentional church. We just don't want you to be busy. We just don't want you to have activity. We want you to know what are what is everything in our church working towards in your life. That is what the vision part is, right? But but one of the things that once people complete Life track, Kristen and I, we actually sit down with each person that completes life track and we have what's called a community meeting. And you know, it's it's really a time for us just to get to know them and we want to hear their story, what God's been doing in them, how they found Life House. But one of the questions I always ask whenever we have this community meeting, so we can kind of learn and glean where they're at in their walk with the Lord, is is I just ask, what is one area of your walk with God that you would want to see growth in in the next year? That where if you look back in one year, if you grew in this in this specific area, what would be a game changer? And undoubtedly, like nine out of ten times, the answer is growing in understanding and knowledge of this book. So it's not that people I believe don't have a desire they don't have the they don't have the intention. I believe there is a sincere want to there is even a I know I should do it. but what I don't think we actually realize is 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 that we can have the intention, we can have desire, we can have these things, but if there isn't actually action associated with that, then there is a, then there is a disconnect that I think many times you aren't even aware of. Just to, see, Here's the thing, right? I'll just, I'll just be really vulnerable. There's an area of my life that I've been struggling with that I have been wanting to see victory in for a while. You ready for it? Eating after 8 o'clock. <laughs> Paul, I can't stop, bro. <laughs> I do good all throughout the day. Got my protein shakes, got my steak and broccoli. Doing good. I, I mean, working out, I can work out. I work out five days a week, I, I work out hard. But there's something the devil gets to me. After 8 p.m., I get the boys to bed. I'm tired. I need a little something to take the edge off. <laughs> y'all know what I'm saying. For some of y'all, it's a, it's a glass of wine. It's a glass of whiskey. It's, 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 and, and it's, you know, whatever your take off, you know, whatever your wine down. For me, it's Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. I do good all day. Then I get to the point where I'm like, I deserve a burrito. I deserve some nachos. I deserve something. Oh, man, like I, you know, and then, and, and, but, the, you know, it's, it's not just Taco Bell, because then it could be Wendy's. I love me that big $5 bag thing, you know what I'm saying? You get, that, you get that double stack, you get them fries, you get them five chicken nuggets, get a little Sprite to wash it down with. I do good all day, and then we get to the point, after 8 o'clock, it's like 3,000 calories in 30 minutes. That takes all of my progress, all of my goodness. I got such good intentions, such good, and I did really good. But it's, it's and I'm, and, and y'all, like, we're laughing at it, But honestly, at, as I have gone beneath what just I do into why I do what I do, and this is what many of us don't want to actually take the time to do, that you are wanting to see an area of victory. You are wanting to study God's word. You are wanting to grow in in knowledge. But all you're looking at is what you're not doing instead of getting beneath the surface to say, why am I actually doing what I'm doing? Because there is a reason, there's a disconnect from your intentions and your actions. What is that gap? To where, honestly, I, I'm just like, yeah, I know I shouldn't eat this. Do you know what I realized? I am an emotional eater. Where to actually escape from what I am feeling, I will then want to, in some ways, intoxicate myself with Taco Bell and Wendy's. Because it is a form and... <laughs> And here's what I've I've actually ended up calling it that I will tell because Kristen's funny. She will see me grab my keys. <laughs> and she knows what I'm doing. <laughs> and she's and she's like, you need a soul hug, don't 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 you? And I'm like, yes! And I walk out the door in into my destruction. And but honestly, I'm like I, I I do so good. I work out, sauna. It's like I I do. Every, but there's this area of my life that I haven't had victory in. That it's that as I look beneath the surface, there's some variables there of why there is a difference between my actions and my intentions. And what I have discovered is I am an emotional eater, that I will run from things that that. I want to, that, that, uh, that feelings or whether it's throughout the day or just stuff that I will run from and run towards food. That sounds, you're like, oh my God. But it's like, but let's just be honest, you probably do that with different things too. You have things that you just say, take the edge off, but what it actually is, it's controlling you. It's actually a way for you to run from things that you should be confronting and giving to the, and giving to the Lord. And that, and y'all, I'm just being king. like, this is something. So if y'all see me at Taco Bell at 8 o'clock, y'all be like, Pastor John, go home! It ain't worth it! But what, but y'all better be not buying me no Taco Bell gift cards, okay? That's all I got to say. But the thing is, though, when it comes to the Bible, there are things that are kind of like circulating under the surface where you, you know you should, you know it's important, but there's there's some things beneath why you don't see action in reading the Bible. And I, you know, and, and because let's just be honest, well, this book can come with a lot of baggage for some of you that grew up in different denominations, that grew up in different, you know, different ways in the church, in your family, where this book was not used as a book to bless, it was used as a book to hurt. This book can come with a lot of baggage. Many of you have a complicated relationship with the Bible, and what some of you have kind of done is is like you know even before you get into the Bible, you need to get down beneath why you won't read the Bible, into really the reasons why you won't read it. You need to get below the surface because some of you have constructed. Maybe you don't even understand it. You have constructed this idea that the Bible is a book that just wants to beat people down. It's just a rule book. It's just all of these different things. And so you know you should do it, but at the same time, you've got these things operating underneath the surface that you need to deal with even before you can actually start reading the Bible. Is this like sometimes when, when, you, when, when you have a relationship, right? When you go through a hard relationship Right? And let's say you break up, you get divorced, whatever, it was abusive, whatever. And it's like you realize before you get into a new relationship, you have to deal with the old one. Because if you don't deal with the old one, the old one will spill into the new one. And because if you don't do that, you'll end up repeating the same patterns. And that's what many times I think we need to do with. The, with the Bible is we need to get below the surface and be like, why do I know it's important yet I don't do it? And that's just want to address maybe some of the preconceived notions you have that maybe you're aware of or maybe that you aren't before we dive into a couple things. Because some of you see the Bible as a rule book. It's like, okay, this t- tells me everything I can't do, and you know, when you know it, you're accountable for it. So you're like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> right? Some of you see it, though, as kind of this GPS life book, right? It's kind of like, okay, this is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, which is, which is absolutely true. This is what the Bible says. It teaches us. It lights our path. But, but you know, but, 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 like, some of you just see it as a way to win at life. So it's kind of like a Dr. Phil with a little bit of divinity. Right? Some of you see it, though, as kind of a textbook. So it's kind of like, yes, like, God is the class. This is the book, right? And 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 so you kind of have this formulated view of the Bible that it is this textbook and it's just the transfer of information into your mind. But like I said, some of you see it as kind of like it's just here to beat you up. It's like it's like boxing gloves. It's like you get in a match with the Bible and it's just like pa pa pa, which there's no doubt the the Bible will like as you're reading the Bible, the Bible reads you. And the the Bible will will bring light, and and the Bible will shed light on different areas and places in your life. But I I think we have to get under the surface. And really, even beyond these reasons, let me tell you a few reasons why I believe in our culture we struggle with actually reading the Bible. Number one, we don't like authority. Let's just be honest. This is the inspired word of God. That, as followers of Jesus, even as Jesus did, we we are called to be under its authority and submit to it. How many people in our culture like being submitted to anything? Honestly, like I've taught many, many times, we are like, He is the creator, we are the created, and the created are called to rule over creation. This was God's inspired divine order. He's the creator, we're the created. We're called to rule over creation. What has actually happened now? We've got creation ruling over the created, and the created want to now be the creator. Are y'all seeing this? This is the way our culture is telling you to be. You're in charge. You, 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 you. You're the one. And, I mean, and, it's, and it's like, so no wonder we, many people in our culture, even followers of Jesus, have a problem with this book because this book implies that we are called to submit to it. And we don't like to submit into anything. Secondly, <coughs> it takes time, patience, and persistence to understand it. I've been studying this book 23, 24 years. I feel like I just dipped my toe in the, in the ocean. But think about how our world is curating you. Fast, efficient, quick, Easy. And hurry up. You've got my attention for 10 seconds, God. If you don't catch it, because we, we kind of treat the Bible like, like we're scrolling. This, this is why everyone that does marketing knows you have to catch people's attention in the first three seconds. Because if you don't, they're scrolling right on. And unfortunately, this is what we've done with the Bible, where we it, the Bible was, was meant to be sat with and wrestled with, and meditated on, and margin created. Because it's not just a book, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So whenever you open up the Bible, you aren't just reading words written by human people. You are, you are reading words written by human people inspired by the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So as you read this book, and you wonder why you have so much battle, because the devil will do anything to get you to, from hearing the voice of God. And some of you say you can't hear God. The reason you can't hear God is because we have a closed Bible. You have an opportunity every day. But 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 I'm saying it takes time, persistence and patience to understand this book. Cuz let me just give you a quick synopsis of the of the Bible. This came from the book How to Follow Jesus, which is an incredible book. This is what it uh Says, he says the Bible was written over the course of fifteen hundred years by dozens of different authors. Statesmen, farmers, shepherds, peasants, musicians, poets, kings, and even tax collectors. Imagine the diversity of backgrounds and worldviews over that span of time and life background. The Bible was written from thirteen different countries on three different continents Asia, Africa, and Europe, placed within many different cultural and socio-political environments. It was originally written by three in three different languages: Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic it contains 66 books in many different literary forms very important every type of communication is used narrative uh, narrative history genealogies chronicles laws poetry proverbs prophetic oracles riddles drama biographical sketches parables and letters sermons and and what's that one apocalyptic literature that's just a brief synopsis the bible's not just a book it's a library So can you see why it would take time, persistence, and patience to where our world is like, if you don't download it in an app, we don't want it. Where spiritual growth, relationship with God is never just downloaded. It's invested in. And I'm just telling you, y'all, because y'all need to be aware of the forces against you, keeping you from getting into this book. Thirdly, though, the Bible ultimately is about like the reasons we struggle with the Bible. One, what was the first one? We don't like authority. Secondly, it takes time. Thirdly, the Bible is ultimately about relationship. Relationships are hard. They're nuanced. They're never perfect all the time. And really, whenever you get in the Bible, if you just read it as simply information about somebody instead of building a relationship with somebody then you'll struggle with this book because you won't have the ultimate heart of it. Because here's, here's the thing. Relationship is ultimately about revelation. Revelation. We're going to dive into this word, revelation. Revelation in, in Scripture is the Greek word ap- apocalyptic, or ap- Jesus, apocalypsis, and that word apocalypsis in the Greek means to lay bare or naked. Basically to reveal thing. So one of the things that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 when he was praying, when he was saying a prayer for the church there, he said, I pray that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know God better. Basically saying, I pray that divine revelation would flood you where the goodness of being of God would be revealed and laid bare to you so you can see who God really is. And this is ultimately what the Bible is about. It's about revelation. Everyone say revelation. It's God revealing himself, laying himself bare, laying himself saying, hello, I'm here. This is who I am. And when we talk about this word revelation 3 Theologians break revelation when it talks about Scripture and when it talks about the Bible into two different forms or two different types. Any the, you know, any good theology book will have these kind of two different revelations. The first one is general revelation. General revelation is defined as the knowledge of God's existence, character, and moral law that comes through creation to all humanity. But there's not just general revelation, there's special revelation. Special revelation is God's words addressed to specific people, including the words, of the Bible, where you kind of have general revelation is people can sense and feel the existence of God even apart from the Bible because they can actually see the world. They can see their bodies. They can just look and they can observe. And this is what scripture actually says. Psalm Psalm 19, verses one through four. This is David writing. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. What David is saying here is, literally, you look up in the sky, you, you see night sky, and we have more technology now than we ever have to see the bigness and hugeness of the world and the universe we live in. To where people are trying to explain, like, where do we come from? How do we get here? What's the purpose of it all? You know, and and it's and it's just like what the Bible's saying is, the heavens are declaring God is real. The heavens are shouting, "I'm here." It's all um, you know, it's all a cookie trail to me. It's all leading to me. Like, that's what he says. Like it is, and 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 you know. And this is what we would deem as general revelation, as people can be aware of God's power and that there is something out there beyond us. Even Romans 1, when Paul was talking to the church in Rome, he said this, he said, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless and wicked and wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. He says, since that what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What he's saying is like God's power, his divinity, his greatness is clearly seen just from the things we can observe with our physical eyes. But then he says that for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the simple desires of their hearts the sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with each other. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. If there are scriptures that define the day we're in, hello, worshiped and served created things instead of the creator. And this is general revelation. And here's the thing, right? I, I saw this one video clip on TikTok, okay? Yes, you can judge me. I'm on TikTok. I kind of scroll in there a little bit. But I saw this one video of this one comedian, Theo Vaughn. Any Theo Vaughn fans here? No one. Okay, great. Well, anyway, um, he had on his show a guy named Neil deGrasse, who was a scientist. Pretty, a pretty well-known scientist, and I saw this clip, and I was like, if anything explains general revelation, like nothing explains general, re- general revelation better than this one clip, check this out. There's been about a 100 billion people who have ever lived. Wow, really? Yes. Do you know how many people can exist? You take a look at the genes, find out how many combinations of genes can make an authentic human being. And it is stupendously larger number than the hundred billion. What it means is you are alive against stupendous odds. You are breathing air, observing sunsets, gazing into the night sky. Most people who could exist will never experience that. Wow. It's the gift. Because as you, most people, most people that could exist. Mathematically. Will never exist. Wow. So right there you are a. You you are as special a living entity as there ever was. Amen. Now now here's the thing. That guy, he's an atheist. He's an atheist. Literally a self-proclaimed atheist. Where has the science led him? You are freaking special. Do you know what? He's quoting Psalm 139. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. He is literally saying, but, but, but he can scientifically say it, but where, where is it coming from? It's, it's literally general, it's general revelation. This man is seeing there is something, somebody be, beyond. He doesn't want to acknowledge it. But that's what I'm saying. As we dive more into science, it becomes even more clear who the creator is. It cracks me up how we don't think science and the Bible can coexist. Even the thought of like the Big Bang Theory, the, a Big Bang started things. Do you know what? Do you know what the first thing God said was? Let there be what? Light. Do you know what light is? Energy. Light is energy. Right, Paul? It's energy. So I think scientists are like, yeah, there there was a beginning. And God's like, in the beginning, it was me. (laughs) In the beginning, God. And what I'm trying to just kind of like let you in on is is God is not hiding, y'all. He is not hiding. His heart is to reveal. Lay bare. lay Like... This is who I am. And one of the ways we can see it is just look at your body. Look how the fact that you're alive, the fact that you're here. Look at our world. They're trying to find aliens. They're trying to find other planets. (laughs) It just cracks me up what we are trying to find. And God, I think it's just looking down like these people are hilarious. (laughs) If they would just know, if they would just open up their eyes to see what is clear, there's a somebody beyond just the something. But that's where the special revelation is so important. Because it's not just about what we can observe with our eyes. That is powerful and that is important, but also in what the Bible ultimately is. Go to the next slide. The Bible is about God revealing himself. His character, his history, his holiness, his nature, his plan, his love, and his purpose for the world and for his people. This book is about revealing, laying bare God. (laughs) And I think until we ultimately see this book as revelation, then we will always have something unhealthy beneath the surface that will keep us from this book because you're, well, I just got to know the rules. I just, I just got to study for the test. I just don't want to get beat up. No, this is about relationship. This is about the God that created you and knows you better than you know yourself, revealing himself to you. There are four important questions every one of you, deep down in your soul, mind, and spirit, you have a longing to know. Where you came from. You can come up, Josie. We've got to end this plane, baby. Where we came from. What is right and wrong? Why are you on this planet? And where are you going? There is nothing in this world that answers and tells you that meets your deepest longing and answers those questions like the word of God. It doesn't just tell, like, you came, you were created out of love from a loving and generous Heavenly Father. His word, what he says and does is what is declared wrong or right. Your purpose on this planet is to know him and make him known. And do you know, it tells us where we're going when this is all said and done, when the game is put back in the box. If you know him, you are in relationship with him. That is what heaven is. It is a continuing on of what you began on earth, of relationship with him. And y'all, my heart, and I'm saying that like this, my prayer is that we would love this book is that we would love this book not to just pass the test. We would love this book not to just know the rules. We would love this book not just so we can know what we're doing wrong. We would love this book because we love the God that wrote the book. Because it's ultimately about revelation and it's ultimately about relationship. God revealing himself. God revealed himself through Jesus. But not just Jesus. He revealed himself through his written word. So... We're going to close today, And here's the thing, this is going to be a series within a series, because <laughs> I can't talk about the all the Bible in just one week. It's going to be about a two, I, I don't even know, three, four, five, six, we'll see where the Holy Spirit leads, okay? But my heart is that we would love this book, but we just wouldn't know about the book. We would love the God that wrote the book. And and so really, when when I was thinking about how to close today out, I just thought about Psalm 19, when we just, ta- just read from general revelation, the heavens declare the glory of God, but also to a few verses right after that David goes into the beauty of God's word, and this is what he says he says, the law, and I just want you to hear the kinds of words, because this is what I pray as we get into the Bible individually and corporately, that these would be start to, some of the things that you would say, like, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple And in keeping them, there is great reward. My prayer is is that we would just, Lord, your word is like honey. It's so sweet to my soul. Lord, thank you for warning me and giving me a heads up. And Lord, thank you that as I keep this, God, you see it and there is great reward. Thank you, God, that your words, like we would just have this love and this desire, not just for more information about God, but for relationship with God. And that you would have a healthy relationship with his word. That you would maybe dig underneath the surface a little bit and be like, why do I have this intention but struggle with the action? And you would say, you know what? There are some things that maybe I've been taught that I need to deal with so I can start to love this book again. So, here's the call. May we be like Jesus and learn, submit to, obey, quote, and cherish his word. Amen. Lifehouse family, would you stand up with me? Come on. We're going to pray and we're going to close out. We're going to receive communion together and we're going to sing and we're just going to respond to God's word. I just, I just pray today that you heard my heart. Pray today that a seed was planted in your heart, that maybe you would open the Bible again this week, but you'd open it with a new perspective. You'd open it with a new desire. Jesus we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here. Thank you Holy Spirit that you are the trans that you are the translator. You are the one that takes what I say and gives each person here what they need. And I pray today God that what I said you would translate it and that it would be good seed on good soil in people's hearts. God so we can ultimately love you more and know you more as we love your scripture as Jesus did. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we sing and respond today, I pray through what, even when I spoke about the Bible today, that you heard how deeply loved you are by God. And I just believe that there are some of you here today that before we move on with our service and we, and we respond to God's word, your response needs to be to give your life to Jesus. that, that what ultimately this scripture points to is a savior who loves you, a savior who died for you, a savior who rose from the dead for you and came to give you new life and life abundantly. So just right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you'd say, John, I want you to pray for me. Maybe, you know, you just say, John, like, I just, I need to give my life to the Lord today. Maybe you need to give it back to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you just you know, like you just know your walk with the Lord is not where it should be and you want to come back into alignment with him. Just just with every head bowed, every eye closed, just creating a, a time of privacy here. If that is you, the way we do it around here, I just, I just kind of like count to three. And when I say three, if that is you, you just respond by saying yes. And I believe that when you say yes, something supernatural happens where it is you opening the door of your heart and welcoming in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your life. So just right now, if you want to receive the Lord, if you want to start or, or maybe restart a relationship with him today, I'm going to count to three. When I do, if that's you, if you would just say yes. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. And listen, if you said yes today, I heard a couple of you. Even if you didn't say yes, maybe you said it quietly inside of your heart. I just want to lead you in a prayer and take your hand and put it in Jesus' hand. I'm just going to ask all of us here to join in prayer with those that said yes today. And we're just going to, as a sign of unity and synergy, join join in prayer with them. And we're just going to take their hand and put it in Jesus' hand. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I give you my life, all of me, in response to you giving yours. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me and giving me eternal life. And in response to you giving your life today, I give my life to you. I receive grace. I receive your love. I receive forgiveness. Jesus, thank you that I am new. I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.